Hey guys, welcome to episode 258 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Delabuono, and this week we have on the founder of Hybrid Light, Terry Peterson. Hybrid Light makes high quality flashlights and lanterns, all of which have some kind of double feature. In addition to being just a great light source, most of them act as a device charger as well, or have some kind of solar charging component to it. Terry originally got into the flashlight game because of an interesting opportunity. What he thought was a one-off business venture quickly became a hobby and snowballed substantially from there. After his first build, he ended up getting such great feedback to the point where he couldn't ignore the writing on the wall and started Hybrid Light. As a brand, Hybrid Light goes far above and beyond creating an incredible product while keeping their price point at a level that makes sure they have something in just about anyone's price range. Terry and his team haven't spent a dime on advertising, which in 2021 is beyond impressive. What's even cooler is the commitment Terry has to creating an opportunity to give back to the community. And with their fundraising program, they've been able to help countless people. Hybrid Light is a phenomenal example of how focusing on your product and really solving a problem in the most honest way possible can pay off in dividends. And when you have passion in the driver's seat, you can't really lose. In this episode of Built on Passion, Terry Peterson shares the value of not following your passion, but bringing it with you, how staying product driven can drive a business and how and why he built Hybrid Light. And with that, let's jump right into it. Terry, thanks for joining me today. Hey, you're most mouth. Nice to meet you, buddy. How you doing today? I'm hanging in there, slowly melting, as I was uh, telling you before. But yeah, it is a heat wave. Summer is here. It's July and it's hot, but it's all good though. It's, it's like prime camping season. I mean, everybody's getting out there. In fact, I went up to the mountains last weekend. 77 degrees, cool breeze, beautiful view. Southern Utah is an awesome place. We had a little bit of that here on the East Coast. It kind of died down a bit. The rain really cleared all that away. But I think we're heating back up. You're lucky where you're at. That is gorgeous. It's, we have no humidity, which is amazing. I came here 28 years ago on vacation and never went home. I've been here since. I called my realtor and said, sell it all, send me a check. <laughs> You're really, uh, really digging in. Damn, that's awesome. You know, when you build a flashlight, you can live anywhere. Exactly. You have to like the lead the way. It's, it's good stuff. So who are you? Who is Terry Peterson? Who are you and what do you do? Actually, you know, I grew up in the Midwest on a farm. We had dairy, beef, hog. We did it all. I think we bailed more hay than anybody in our zip code. It was just the work was never over. And it was a great place to grow up. And, uh, you know, like where you're at, it was, you know, hot in the summertime, humid, cold in the wintertime. And then when I got done with college, I had a friend that had moved to California. I said, man, I got to go check that out because, you know, if I don't do it now, I'll get locked into a job and never get out of here. So I rolled out to California. And within about 12 hours, I knew that's where my new home was going to be. And that was back in the early 80s. And in my whole life, I've always used flashlights because I'm real outdoorsman, hunt, fish, camp, always outside. I'm, you know, I'm up early, up late. You know, I'm always out, always in need of a flashlight. So my whole life has been around flashlights. And growing up, you know, back in the old days, flashlights were junk. You know, they're metal heavy. That you drop them, the bulbs would break. The batteries would corrode. It would roll in the dark when you picked up a flashlight if it was even going to work or if it even had light or maybe a light dim yellow was terrible. I've always been, you know, flashlight guy. I've probably owned every flashlight ever made which is kind of nuts, but and, you know, my wife actually thinks I might have a problem with that. It could be. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so back in the 80s, when I moved to California, I, I uh, started a construction supply business and did that for you know, 20 some years. And uh, I was over in China trying to put together a power tool deal. I wanted, I had this crazy idea that I was going to you know, build my own power tools and give them away free with my customers as they bought saw blades from me. And I couldn't get that deal put together. I just couldn't get what I needed, price point and quality and such. So I kind of walked away from it and I had a, a couple of days to kill. So I went to electronics fair while I was in China and uh, I met this 
group of people at their booth. And then we went to their factory and they were manufacturing flashlights. And that's when I really kind of found my passion, you know, because I'm a real flashlight freak. I love everything about flashlights and what they can do. And uh, so I helped them develop and design a flashlight that went, but that actually went really large and turned into a very big deal. So that's when I knew that uh, that was kind of my direction. So uh, my electric razor actually failed on me one morning. So I took it apart trying to fix it. And I realized, you know, it was not going to go back. It wasn't going to live. And I was in the process of designing a flashlight at the same time. So that's when I kind of got the idea of the rechargeable battery in the flashlight. And then I threw a solar panel on it. So my first prototype that I built, I used it, you know, for about a year, just messing around kind of because I was busy, you know, running, trying to make a living, get the kids through school and such. And I kind of messed around with that flashlight for a while until I kind of had it tweaked and figured out. And I started building them and I was just building them just for my clientele, all my contractor friends. You know, like Christmas time, I'd give them away or sell them cheap or, you know, whatever I was doing. So I kept getting feedback all the time over like a couple of years time, all the feedback of what, because I'd ask the guys, how would you like that to be better? So I was constantly gathering information from all the users that I had as my customers. And uh, so I just kept, you know, tweaking and building and tweaking and building. And then one morning I woke up and I go, why doesn't my flashlight charge my cell phone? You've always got that dead cell phone thing. And nothing worse than, you know, you're a busy guy working 12 hour days and your phone goes dead. Can't, it's over. So anyways, uh, I added the cell phone charging feature to the flashlight. And once I'd done that, it was game on. Anybody and everybody that saw the thing had to have it. And that's kind of how it all just came to be. Just got like over, you know, what I wanted to be and what I needed. And it came to find out that that's kind of what everybody wants. Everybody wants a flashlight that works every time you touch it and that charges your cell phone. So you got all bases covered. You know, because in a true emergency, no matter how fast you get to the store, the guy in front of you bought the last battery. So you might as well have one that's going to work and then have to race to the store to get batteries. And, you know, we've all had the experience of the dead flashlight and, you know, needing a flashlight and also the dead cell phone. So here's a product that takes care of both of those problems. While you were kind of running through that, I was thinking, you know, an emergency situation, the first thing that you want to make sure you really try to figure out, you know, where you are, what you're doing. If it's dark, you can't see. The second thing is, you know, communication, you know, who you're going to call when something goes wrong. So those two things marry just makes so much sense. They do. And just the daily use. I mean, I use my flashlight every single day for something, always something. You mentioned this in terms of talking about your relationship with like flashlights, how you got into it. Last year, I one of the different brands we worked with, I realized that there is such a hobbyist community around flashlights, like modular flashlights. I didn't realize that specific thing had such like a niche community going in and kind of tweaking and making their own things. It's a big deal. I mean, there's millions of people in this country and we all need a flashlight. You may be fortunate where you don't need one for the next 90 days, but chances are good you'll need one this week. In the crazy times that we live in, you know, who knows when you're going to have a brownout, blackout, or who knows what out. You know, you need to have these things laying around for where you're going to be. Are you going to be in the office? You're going to be home? You're going to be in your truck, your car? Where do you need that flashlight? So you might as well just buy a pack of them and stick them everywhere because you're never going to buy a battery. They hold a charge for seven years. In fact, you can probably will these things to your kids. You know, they're constantly charging. They're always gathering light. You just charge them up, you put them away. Don't, you don't have to leave them in the sun. Just pull them out when you need them. They're ready to rock. It's good stuff. So beyond talking about flashlights, we are here today specifically to talk about hybrid light. And for the listener who is unfamiliar, what is hybrid light? Hybrid light, that is, you know, hybrid because that kind of started with the rechargeable with the sun and then also battery. And so my original thought was, you know, have a flashlight that was going to be solar powered with a battery backup system. That was kind of my first concept in my mind. And that's how I came up with the name hybrid light, kind of like a car. We got gas and electric. That's kind of the same down that direction. But then, you know, our technology is coming along so fast and the batteries are rechargeable. We're sourcing all the best ingredients when we build these things, you know, the highest quality plastics that can take the abuse of driving over them and beating the snot out of them. And then we use the highest quality galley 
LEDs so that they never fail you. I mean, these LEDs will burn for 20 years. It's insane. And then the rechargeable cells, those are improving continuously. So we're, we just got rid of the idea of a backup battery. Now it's just all self-contained, solar-powered, rechargeable. And they, they just last forever. That's why we're allowed to give them that lifetime guarantee. In fact, I'm pretty confident that you'll lose this long before it ever quits working for you. So it seems like you got into the flashlight game, so to speak, a little bit before hybrid light came about. It did. Yes, it did. Actually, uh, you know, when I helped that factory design that flashlight, because they, they had a good concept going on that shake flashlight years ago, but they needed help with the cosmetic look of it and the feel, because you can't have it be too big or too small, too heavy. So I helped them get there to the right design. And that's when I realized how much fun it was designing a flashlight and how cool it is to get from the beginning to the end. And then when I built that solar flashlight, I realized that, man, I got, I'm got i going for it. And everybody I show it to has to have it. So if you touch it, you got to own it. It's so much fun seeing the expressions on people's faces like, you're kidding me, it does that. And then they just, they're just all in. And what else is fun too, is I've got to meet so many cool people with flashlights because, you know, there's so many interesting people out there that, you know, professional hunters and fishers and sports and things that flashlights are very important. It's pretty cool to see these high profile guys using my products in the field. It's pretty neat. So that first one, it really only took that one design. And then that was, I guess, the moment. That's what really got me. Yeah, Once I did that first design, I'm going like, I'm all in. And then when I made that first solar flashlight, and then I just kind of, I ran with that for a couple of years, just kind of casually, like as I'm concentrating on making a living. And then that's kind of like a secondary thing, just kind of working on it and, and continually improving it, which was kind of nice because there's no pressure. I just kind of worked on it when I felt like it. And as I felt adding something else, just like, you know, kind of like a hobby kind of thing. But then once I went with the cell phone charging feature, Everybody I showed it to was going like, oh man, I got to have that. I mean, my first prototype, a guy tried to buy it from me for 50 bucks. I go, dude, you can't have it. I, this is my prototype. I can't, this can't go. But yeah, I've got customers that have been buying these lights from me you know, for the last seven or eight years. They just keep coming back because they use them for gifting. And as I expand my product line, they always buy the next new thing. Talk about the writing on the wall. You know, some guy, you know, trying to buy the prototype, everyone's saying, that must've been like, you caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I mean, I really thought it was cool. But when I saw so many other people that wanted to jump on and thought it was cool, then I, I know I had a real deal, a product that was going to fly. And it does. I mean, we, we don't even advertise it, but it's growing like leaps and bounds. It's word of mouth and repeats. And it's been really good. That's actually incredible, especially in today's time where there's a lot of competitors in literally any you know niche, any product you look at. It's never been easier to start a business. The fact that you can say that you don't advertise and you were still flying off the shelves. There's something to be said about that, seriously. And I've got a pretty good legal team. We've got strong patents, so we're protected, you know, and uh, worldwide. So we're, we're in a good place. Next couple of years are going to be pretty exciting to see where this thing goes. Do you do any, I mean, obviously you don't have to spend much advertising. Do you do anything specifically with marketing, whether it's like grassroots stuff, things like that? We were just getting started with that. We've lined up a few ambassadors that are just starting to do get it out there, which is actually working quite well. And then we just built a couple of little commercials that we're going to start putting on some of the outdoor shows. So that should help. And then the reason we did that is some of the larger retailers that we talked to, they request that you have some advertising in place to help them with pull through, even though they really don't need it. Because when you see this in the store, you pick it up. Once you touch it, you own it. You can't put it down. Wait, like my flashlight only weighs four ounces. It's waterproof and it floats. It burns for 50 hours on a charge, 300 lumens, which is plenty of light. 300 lumens is plenty of light. Most people think they need more, but you really don't. Anything over 300 is kind of a waste. I mean, we make a 600 lumen. We're going to be making a 1,000 lumen for those people that think they need it. You know, it's like having an 800 horsepower sports car driving around town. It doesn't really fit that well, but, you know, you probably think you need that. But it's all good. Give the customer what they want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially here in America, bigger is always better. Yeah, just be careful. Don't shine in your lives and burn out your retinas, I guess. 
Right, right. Like the Atlas Lantern I've got, this wrist runs for 100 hours on a charge. It starts out at 40 lumens and goes all the way up to 600 lumens. I mean, that's a lot of light. In most situations, you know, 150 lumen setting is all you need to run your whatever you're doing. But, you know, sometimes you want that big power light up the neighborhood. Why not, right? That's insane. So you guys have been around since early 2000s. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So the first couple of years were just kind of casual hobby, uh, doing the hobby thing, not getting too excited. But I'd say the last three years is when we really like throttled up and really got after it. You know, once I came up with this little headlamp is when I got real serious because these things are blowing off the shelf. I can barely make them fast enough. I mean, weighs less than an ounce, never buy a battery, rechargeable, lasts forever. I mean, it shines in three colors. You can shine red, green, or white to pick your color. I like to green myself because your eyes don't dilate. It's just a real comfortable, easy light. And you can see really well with it. And it's adjustable. You can point it straight down or straight out, you know, clips on your hat, or you take this clip off and you Put it on a headband, put it on your head so it covers every angle. Or you, you can tighten up the band and put it on your arm and hit the SOS and so you can be you can be running with it, you know, not get run over. Or put it on your kids' heads backwards, don't get run over when they ride their bikes, stuff like that. I think you hit it right in like the one of the biggest differentiators to me is adding multiple features to one product. I mean, when you get a light, like it's hard to justify just having a light, but you're saving other things, having to worry about like cell phone charger or with the headlamp, you know, you can use it for a bike. You can use it for a ton of different things. This headlamp also has a kill switch on it because the first one I made, I put it in my pocket and it turned on. I go, that's not good. So I added a kill switch to it. So you just slide the kill switch when you want to put your backpack or your pocket. And that way it doesn't come on until you turn the power on and then the switch. Because you know, like if you're doing a big backpacking trip, you're hiking up a mountain. You don't want to be hiking all day long with your light on in your backpack. You might as well save that power for when the sun goes down. When my son graduated from Ohio State, he, him and his buddies, roommates, they went to uh, climb Kilimanjaro. He took the one, our mammoth light with them. That was the only light they took for that whole trip. And that kept their cell phones charged, lit their campsite every night. That's incredible. How do you develop your products? How do you decide what products you want to expand past? I guess getting back to that first one. Yeah, what's the process like for you? The obvious thing was first was to build a flashlight. So like my first couple of years was just the flashlight. And then I built a couple of other size flashlights, you know, just kind of perfected the flashlight. And then from there, being the outdoors guy and mechanical and hands-on kind of guy, you want your hands free. So then the next move to me was the headlamp. And uh, so we went flashlight to headlamp and then the camp, the little expandable puck lantern, just because it's cool to have a small portable lantern that also works as a flashlight. That was the next step. And then we thought, okay, we need a bigger lantern. So then I went to the Atlas larger lantern. You know, I do a lot of stuff with automotive because I'm involved with a lot of the racing world as well. So I built an automotive light that's got a magnetic base that can, you know, point in any direction. So that's pretty cool. So now you can get under your car, change shocks or do whatever with this magnetic based light. So you got, you know, recreation, uh, automotive, hiking, camping, biking, it kind of covers every aspect of light. And then, of course, the flashlight being waterproof, you can snorkel and go 10 feet underwater. In fact, we went to Mexico with the family on vacation. So the kids just took their flashlights and threw them in the pool. And, of course, they float, and they float with a solar panel up. So they just float around in the pool all day long gathering lights. So when we get back from the day, kids jump in the pool at night. So now they're, they're swimming around in the pool, playing with the flashlights, swimming underneath the water, shining the lights, and, you know, big time for the kids. It's pretty fun. Would you say it's a matter of, you know, looking at what you already offer and just thinking how you can do better and just testing R&D, you know, seeing what works? 
Yes, exactly that. Kind of like the, what's the demand? You know, now here lately, you know, it's been pretty dry and hot. Camping is a big deal right now, especially with the COVID thing kind of going away. Camping is like at an all-time high. I do a lot of camping and RVing and off-roading and stuff. So I've really seen how the campsites have really filled and there's so many more people out there. And then you see all these signs, you know, no fires allowed. Fire hydrants because it's so dry. So that's when I came up with the idea. Well, now my lantern needs a campfire feature. Now I've got a new model that I added the Atlas Fire feature to it. So it looks like a campfire. In fact, uh, my wife and I went camping last month. And of course, you know, when you pull in, there's a big sign, you know, no fires allowed. But when you're camping, you got to have a fire. That's just part of the deal, right? So we get all settled in, have our dinner. We're like kicking back in our lounge chairs. The sun's going down. So I get my Atlas fire out, turn it on. I set it in in where the fire would have been. Camp Ranger just comes rolling in like there's a bank robbery. Rolls in, jumps out. Hey man, no fire. I go, what you talking about? And he sees I've got the Atlas fire going, stimulated fire. He's thinking I got a fire going, which is pretty cool. So obviously it looks like a fire. It's way nice. I took the, one of my, my first models home and the wife turns it on and, and she's got it like on in the bedroom with all the lights off. And she's thinking she's like, you know, got the fireplace going. She's so happy. It's worked out pretty good. But it's pretty fun to go from the design you know, where you design them out and then you actually build them. It's a pretty fun process, you know, and there's usually a few extra steps. And, you know, your first go around is never perfect. You know, you get your first design going then you got to tweak it a couple of times until you get it just right. Then you go into the mass production once you get that cycle done, which usually is it's a good solid six month process usually to get from concept to in your hand, which isn't bad. My son's an electrical engineer, so he keeps me within the box. And then, then my daughter's really good with the design stuff, too. So we get, so between my son and daughter and myself, it doesn't take us long to whip this thing into shape. Have there ever been any designs that you had to just like walk away from, like a little bit more ambitious? There's one that we haven't walked away from. There's one that we designed because of the concept is so cool, but we're a little bit ahead of our time. We're waiting for a little bit of technology change to catch up to what we needed to. Uh, we've got a product that'll be out in probably a year and a half that's going to blow your mind. It'll run your computer, charge your cell phones. Every student in America going to school, it'll be a must because it does everything they need it to do. Because both of my kids were in college. We just kept looking at what the needs were. You, know, you go to the library, all the plugs are used up. Everywhere you go, there's not enough power. Let's go to the airport. Everybody's plugged into a bottle. You don't have your own laptops going. Everybody's got some electronic thing going and everything's crowded and crazy. There's never enough plugs. So we came up with a product that will charge your laptop twice and charge your cell phone 14 times before you got to recharge it. And it weighs 16 ounces and it's totally portable. And our prototype works, but we got to wait just a little bit longer until we have one more piece of it to be a little more compact to fit in there. Because size and weight is important. This is going to be a, a game changer for every student in America. Every kid will have to own it. That's kind of a game changer for everything. Business, even, yeah, especially business, travel. You can take this little unit with you on a camping trip, and that's the only power you need for the whole week, for the whole group. I immediately thought of ultralight hikers that actually, could they can think about completely different things, you know, they're usually going on a little bit more, you know, rugged, arduous journey. So having that like assurance that they have power if they really need it, that's incredible. I'm assuming that you don't want to go too deep into it since it's, that's fine. The concept is awesome. Yeah, you're going to be pretty blown back when you see it. It's going to be pretty cool. That one's a pretty exciting piece. I would think within the year, we should be ready to rock with that piece. There's also been another time that there's a, you know, because I've had companies come to me that ask me to design a product for them and they'll have perimeters. That, what usually hurts them is they try to hit too low of a price point. And, in all, and it's real, it's true. You get what you pay for. So to stay within a price point, you're only going to get so much. And I've helped them design those things kind of almost knowing through the whole process that it's not really going to be the best thing because one, they're going too low on the quality to get a price point. And then usually ultimately when we get to the finished product, 
the quality's not there to justify what they want to do with it. And that's actually happened twice. So we just canned this product because they were just trying to squeeze it too tight. A customer is willing to pay for quality. You've got to give them what works for them because you forget about the price and you'll never forget about the quality. You get a bad quality product, it's just never good. So what we do is we build a product to do the job and where we know the customer will be 100% satisfied. And then we just, we get that done at the best price possible and squeeze it down to where, you know, we never jeopardize the quality at any level and the customer still gets what he needs to get the job done. So our price points are very good, but the biggest concern here is that our quality is right. I mean, sure, you can buy a cheaper flashlight, but you're not going to get one of this quality for this price point. It's actually, that's one of the things that I thought was kind of mind-blowing is that for what you're offering, the price point is so low. And it's an uncomplicated product, but every piece of it is just seems to be so thoroughly thought through. And by now, for how long you guys have been around, it's so well-developed. Yeah, and we kind of develop everything like how we want it to perform. Nobody wants to be out in the field in the need of a product and have it not and have it fail you. Because I've had that happen to me in the past. Before I was in the flashlight business, I'd have other brand flashlights in my backpack. And I had a flashlight fail me one time in a very, very tactical time that I truly needed a flashlight, which put me in great danger. And I thought, man, I've got to have a flashlight that's not going to fail. The other cool thing is that since you are an outdoorsman, always have been, you have a horse in this race. Like it's not just say this with a grain of salt. I mean, you tell me how close I am, but you are kind of emotionally attached to everything that you're doing because you can say, hmm, I would like this thing. Correct. Exactly. I built it to sell myself or I would buy that. And like I said, I've been you know miles from a highway in the dark where you, know, you must have a light to get out. It's a bummer when the light fails you in the old days. You know, fortunately, I've had enough experience that I was able to get out in the dark, but you don't want to put most people through that situation. You've got to have light for safety. Speaking of safety, do you ever or have you or I don't know exactly how this partnership would work, but have you worked with like emergency responders, things like that? No, but one thing I think we, I'm sure we've saved lives. I had a customer call me one time that up in Idaho had one of my earlier model flashlights in his snowmobile and they were all out snowmobiling in some pretty rough weather. And he got separated from the group and he got stuck and they went over the mountain and left him behind and they came back and couldn't find him because there's too many tracks around because they were riding too much. And, uh, and he was able to pull his flashlight out of his tool kit. And, you know, because, you know, think about all the vibration and pounding that a snowmobile gives. So most flashlights wouldn't have survived that adventure because he'd been in his toolbox for quite some time. So he was able to take the flashlight out and, you know, shine it around through the trees to draw attention to himself as they were racing past. And he was pretty confident that if he didn't have the flashlight, they'd have never found him. And it was, you know, 30 below zero with a stuck snowmobile and he was wet. He would not have survived the night if he wouldn't have had my flashlight. So... That's just one story that I've heard of, and I'm sure there's been others. You know, it's kind of a breath of fresh air that you do take it so seriously making these flashlights and making them as good as you possibly can, accessible as you possibly can. A flashlight can be a lot of things. It, it can be fun, but it is also a very important piece of safety equipment. It is. It's a tool. It's a tool that everybody needs to have. Whether you're an outdoorsman or not, you still need this product because you, know, you might want to take your dog out in the middle of the night. You got to you know, take the trash out. You know, the power goes out. You don't have light. You know, and especially if you've got young kids, having a light for a, you know, a youngster when the power's out is a big deal. That's a huge comfort thing. Getting back to the marketing aspect, has it really been mainly through grassroots? I know that you just started, you know, using, how did you grow without utilizing advertising or was there partnerships? Was it really just that? Yeah, yeah, no partnerships. It was all grassroots was the main thing. But then what we've been doing lately that has really branded our product is uh, I've got, I'm involved with a lot of conservation groups like the Rocky Mountain Elk and the National Wild Turkey Federation. These large groups that are out, you know, 
protecting wildlife and, and building habitat and assuring you know the wildlife for the future. It's a very large organization, and I do a lot of with those groups where they'll I'll give them a great price and they'll use that product then to fundraise or gift those that are donating in such that way. So that's really opened up the hunting and fishing world for my product. And another thing that I've done that's really worked out well is a fundraising with schools, such as marching bands and uh, just sports and such. Kind of a funny story, though, my neighbor lady, I see her at church and goes, she goes, she was complaining about how the, like she works at the grade school, how about the water fountain had broken and it wasn't in their budget to replace the water fountain. So I said, I, so I just gave her a hundred flashlights and said, hey, just have the kids sell these flashlights and use that money to buy the water fountain. So, uh, they only needed $800 and they sold like the hundred flashlights like in just a few hours door to door. And then the, her phone rang continuously off the hook all in the next week wanting more flashlights. So then she came to me and just said, I've got to buy these from you. So I gave her a great deal. They ended up making $8,000 where they only needed 800 and they bought two new water phones, put in a whole new playground system, uh, whatever you call that. So that's when I realized that, you know, the fundraising thing is a really good thing with you know, helping out the schools. So then I started hitting up other schools. And you think about that, you get a group of 400 kids in a school and they all show your flashlight to the whole neighborhood. All of a sudden, you've got thousands of people that have seen your product. And they put their hand on it because they touch it and bought it. That has really grown our company just because of the kids putting flashlight in people's hands. That's gone large. I did see that. I, w I was going to ask about it. I'm glad you brought that up. It's really interesting. I mean, obviously, the thing that I think really sets a product apart is quality of it. You've spent years perfecting that, really getting it to where you want. But even in today's day and age, to me, it is such a feat to not have to rely or even try to use any kind of outside marketing. Marketing is very expensive and it's kind of a hit and miss thing. I mean, you, you can totally miss the market, spend all that money and have no results. Or with the fundraising thing, you know, it's a steady go because you're, you're putting the flashlight in people's hands and once you touch it, you get it. When you feel this flashlight, you feel like that it just feels good. It's rubber coated. It's just super comfortable. It's lightweight. And then to see how bright it is and how charged your phone and really see the functions of it, that's when you become a believer and a life customer. In fact, we I had one group, I had a marching band here in Utah that went to the Rose Bowl by selling our flashlight. They made $85,000 in a month to pay for the entire marching band to go to the Rose Bowl. So that's a lot of exposure for my product here in my backyard, which was pretty cool. What I think the coolest thing is you're creating a way to an opportunity to give back, to be more than just a product, to, you know, actually create some kind of community around what you're doing. You give people a chance. It's a little bit more. It is. You know, and I'm a believer of earn your own way. So having these kids, you know, raising the money to go on their trips, I think it's just the best thing for them. They really appreciate what they're doing that way. So it's, it's win for everybody. The customer's happy because they helped out the group and the kid's happy because he earned his own way. I'm happy because they're branding my products. I'm making a couple bucks. It's all good. So getting back on the topic of, I guess, doing good or doing a little bit better, what is Hybrid Light's commitment to sustainability? I know that you guys are creating products that last. You guys are using solar components to charge some of your products. Those are great starts. Is, is there any kind of specific thing that you want to push the limits yeah, what we do is we use recycled plastics and papers as best we can to help that. And uh, the biggest thing is batteries because there's a billion batteries a year that go into landfills. And that's a giant number. And we've all seen a, a corroded oozing battery, how nasty that is. So imagine a billion of those in the dirt oozing into the water table. That There can't be anything good about that. So with our product, there's no batteries to replace, nothing to throw away. We're going to prevent a billion batteries a year going into the trash. That's giant. I mean, you put those end to end, you can go around the world a couple of times with that. It's giant numbers. 
And, you know, and most people, if, you, if you're going to go on a trip, you take your half-used batteries and throw them out and put new ones in. So you're, so you're throwing batteries away before they've been completely used. And also, too, if your flashlight just sits somewhere, the batteries just go dead. You know, they say a flashlight is just a tube to store dead batteries. Because most of the time when you go to get your flashlight, the batteries are dead just from sitting there. Where mine, that won't happen. You'll never throw away a battery and it's always going to work when you touch it. I don't know if you've seen anything like this. Have you seen those batteries that you can actually plug in? They're like double A's, triple A's. You plug them right into a, like a micro USB. Yes, I have. Yes. And a little bit expensive still. And that's good. That's better than a regular battery. There's more money than they should be still, but hopefully they'll come down. But that's a good idea. Would you consider expanding into specifically the batteries? Uh, yeah, we actually had some thought of that. We're actually working on some different style of batteries that are more you know, eco-friendly, that'll perform better. That's probably a couple years out because that's a high-tech stuff. And uh, we're playing with that. Our main theme, though, is handheld portable lighting. So it's anything that you can take with you and, and move around with as lightweight performs well. But there is definitely a need for the rechargeable battery for other things, you know, remote controls and things that you use in life. So, uh, yeah, just keeping all that stuff going. Yeah, we're constantly searching and researching to find better components because everything's a component, like even your cars and your whatever you've got. It's all pieces and parts put together to make a product. So you've got to continually find better components to get your product you know, to perform at the highest level possible. Are there any challenges in trying to find the right components, trying to find components that are quality for you, don't break the bank, aren't from a terrible source? Do you have any roadblocks or? It's kind of natural for us. I mean, we're just constantly, constantly sourcing all the, the directions that we know where we can find these things. So what's nice about it, there's no real pressure for timeline. We're just constantly sourcing. And when we stumble on something that's a benefit, then we'll implement it. And if it takes one month or six or a year, it doesn't matter. We just keep continually adding another aspect somewhere. So our product is a continual gain. I know what I would like and, and what I want it to do. And I have high standards of what I need this thing to do. And I feel like if I just develop a product that I'm happy with, that's going to cover the masses because I'm pretty particular in what I want my product to do. So I'm pretty confident that most clientele will be happy with what I bring. Where do you see hybrid light headed into the future? Five years, 10 years? Yeah, I think within the next couple of years, you're going to start seeing us everywhere because we're catching on so fast. It's going to be a household name pretty soon. And we're going after some big players out there that'll use these for you know promotional and fundraising for giant projects, you know, like building homes for helping out the military and you know the soldiers and soldiers' families and conservation and you know and helping you know wildlife. There's so many different directions to improve and continually improve on and help. And using our flashlight and lanterns as like the catalyst to carry attention to these projects and, and to help them financially. Because everything takes money. Nothing's free. We've got to, you know, generate money to uh, build guzzlers where there's water for the animals to drink and shelter and, and such. And we're kind of in the people business, really. You know, nothing happens without the right people. So, you know, networking with the right people and coming together to, to solve a problem or common goals and using the, the lights as a way to get there. You know, taking the profits from it to help, you know, build homes for those that need them and such. I'm a big believer in education, too. I, I don't necessarily think that you need a four-year degree. I think you need to be, you know, quality high school education and learning trades. And uh, we're doing some things now that'll help, you know, with scholarships and help kids, you know, get to that first level and get, a, get some trade schools and get some, because there's, there's a big need for plumbers, electricians, and men of all trades, welders. You know, I mean, we don't need many more lawyers and doctors. We need, you know, people to eat out there and fill the trades. And there's money to be made in that. You go to school for a couple of years, you got a smaller debt. And then you've got you know an education to uh, bring something to, you know, to the world. That's kind of a direction we're pushing on as well. 
Yeah, I love that. Even bigger than that, you get a skill that you actually can use out of a work context. I mean, my father was a tradesman. I learned carpentry, just general construction along those lines. But I mean, I'm great at home maintenance now. That's a skill that I'll have for life. It's incredible. And trades are a big thing. I mean, plumbers are making, plumbers, contractors are all making good money right now. And they will be because there's always need for that. Even if it's not building new systems, building new construction, it's going to be improving old construction. And having the satisfaction of doing that on your own too. Fixing your own stuff is always, that's a big satisfaction, I think. And then feeling good about not having to spend the money that have some other guy do it. And a lot of times the other guy that does it for you isn't going to do as good a job as you're going to do. The downside though, is then when you look at someone else do something, you're just like, if I see like something that I'm not thrilled with or like really like something poorly done, I kind of like cringe a little bit. It like gets me. And then when you see it done right, you really appreciate it. It's pretty cool. What has been the hardest part about starting Hybrid Light? It costs a lot more money than you think, you know, because you got you know, trademarks, patents, that's just money, money. Whenever you're involving lawyers, you're bleeding money. And, uh, you know, building molds, R&D, everything just takes time and money. There's never enough time and never enough money to do everything you want to do. That's the toughest part, I think, is because I want to be on the creative side and just do all the positive. But then you've got the legal and the money side as, as the negative. But that's part of it that you have to know how to do all of that. But I have to say that's probably the least favorable part is just like managing the money. It sucks when you got to like wait to turn and flip and turn and be able to move to the next level on products when you know what you want to do, but you just got to wait for the money. That's painful because, you know, patience is not one of my strengths. I really enjoy it. The flash side thing is truly a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know what else I'd want to be doing. It's just awesome. It's fun. It looks like we have uh, time for a couple more questions. What advice would you give someone who wanted to start a business? Be fully committed because it's consuming. It does pretty much take over your life 24-7. You know, where, when I had the construction business, I was able to just go to work, leave. You walk away from it and you forget about it. It's like, it's over. But with a flashlight or any business, when you're, if it is to be, it's up to me. If you're going to make it work, it has to be you. And it's like your brain never really shuts down. You're always constantly tweaking on like, what can I be doing to make this better? How do I improve this? And how do I market? How do I get this done efficiently? You never really rest. Kind of like being a cop, you're never off duty. And then of course there's risk. I mean, how do you know that what you're doing is really going to work? You may love it. You may think it's the best thing ever, but does the world embrace it? And are they willing to open their wallet for it? You know, you got to be thinking, it's got to be something that the world will, and the masses will purchase. What is the best part about running Hybrid Light? There's quite a few good things there, which is pretty awesome about it. You know, the people and the people you get to meet is really, really enjoyable for us. You know, because, you know, my, my wife and kids and we go to events where we get to, you know, hang out with some really cool people. But we really enjoy that. The people that we're surrounded with, it's an amazing group. And then, of course, the satisfaction of having a product that's so well accepted in the world, you know, like, you know, it just feels good to know you're bringing something that pretty stinking cool and everybody loves it. That's pretty cool. Terry, thank you so much for coming on the show. For the listener who wants to find out more about Hybrid Light, maybe pick up a light of their own, see what you got to offer. Where's the best place for them to head? Hybridlight.com. H-Y-B-R-I-D-L-I-G-H-T. Hybrid Light. Amazing. Terry, thank you so much again. I appreciate you. Thanks very much. Have a great week. Hey, Ready Daily Podcast listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Daily Podcast. I'll catch you next week. Bye.